to another um, special guest edition, Back Jack Weeks. I don't think this has ever happened before. Um, of the Week in Wire, um, today we have, last week we had a Nuggets fan on, Cameron, and today we have Drew, a Mavs, dare I say, super fan, on today to rant about his team, um, who were able to squeak out a win last night, but have been pretty disappointing as of late. Um, so we've got him on the call today, and we're gonna hit we're gonna hit the Mavs, we're gonna hit the Grizzlies, Warriors, and Steph a little bit, a little bit, maybe the Knicks at the end. Um, so we got a full slate, but we're gonna start with the Mavs today. Um, they really they've been up and down lately for sure. I think it's a that's a pretty what's the word like fair way to fair put assessment. it. Definitely. Yeah. Um, the home loss to the King, to the Kings for them was really ugly, um, especially for Porzingis. They were favored by like eight or nine points in that game. Um, Luca has been getting texts. They've been piling up for him all year. Um, he's basically channeling his inner Chris Paul, Clippers Chris Paul. Um, he's 12 texts right now. Um, they've kind of turned into this team who – yeah, their their defense has been a lot better this year. But um, Drew, what have you seen um, lately that has caused you to do these outbursts on Twitter and that kind of stuff? <laughs> well, at the beginning of the year, the first couple of games, you know, they were winning, they were playing good on both sides of the ball, and then it was the the turning point of the season was after we beat Denver. We had lost four or five guys to COVID. It was. Richardson, Finney Smith, Kleba, Powell, and Brunson, I think it was. And uh, obviously, you lose five key players like that, you're going to slip up. So, I mean, I don't think anybody expected us to keep winning games. But once they came back, it was kind of like everything turned around. They were playing good offensively, they were playing good defensively. But I think in the last seven or eight games, they've been slipping up offensively and defensively, and there's just been no consistency. Like, you just don't know what you're going to get from them, whether they're playing the Kings, the Pistons, or the Jazz, or the Bucks. And it's, it's just frustrating to not, you know, know what you're going to get from Porzingis on a nightly basis. He could have nine points against the Kings, or he could have 28 against the Bucks. So that's that's just where my uh, outbursts come from. Yeah, um, I'll toss it over to Aro real quick. What are you What are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, it's. I think it's the inconsistency, right? Like that's the main thing. Because um, you guys, I think you guys beat the Bucks, right? Um, and then lost like two or three straight after that. So uh, he's just. It's it's bizarre with this team because yeah, you really should be winning. It feels like they kind of addressed some of the problems that they had last season in terms of uh, at least defensively, um, and it didn't really feel like the offense should have taken that much of a hit, um, but. Yeah, now you're saying Porzingis is just, uh, I don't know, he doesn't seem like a threat most of the time, and, like, he almost seems afraid to shoot. I don't know, like, I've watched very little of the Mavs, so maybe that's, like, a bad takeaway, but, like, it feels like he's not really being assertive. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. I think that uh, anytime he's a guy with the uh, obvious size advantage, he's going to have a size advantage over 99% of the guys in the league, but when he's guarding a two or a three and they get him into the post, He'll take one dribble and then be like, oh, okay, where can I throw it out to next? Like, he won't be aggressive and try and get an easy layup or a little fadeaway bank shot. 
and that's what that's that's at the early of the season what I was tweeting you about. I was like, this how do how what 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 can we do about this? But uh, no, I mean it's that mixed with the lack of made open threes because Luca, you know, he can do most of the work when getting guys open, whether it's a pick and roll and someone helps over. But I mean, Kleba, who was shooting, who was shooting like forty six percent within uh, for the first like 45 games he's just gone cold so it's hard away Finney Smith has actually stepped up but Brunson's gone cold other than last night Cleveland's gone cold and it's just that that was the main source of our offense just finding open guys for threes and they would hit it but you know everything's taking a tumble it doesn't really There's feel like the team has too many like other shot creators right Brunson to me has been like the other guy that can kind of create his own shot whatever and like he's quick man he's a little guy but he's quick <laughs> no, yeah, yeah, team, yeah right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you would hope that some of those three-point numbers would come back because that's a, that's a thing with teams that they usually swing in both both ways. Um, Brunson, I think, has been pretty good this year relative to expectations. This was not a guy I think coming out of college from Villanova who a lot of people thought would have like a huge impact in the NBA. He was pretty much the main guy on their uh, title winning team in 2018 and um, but he got a lot of his offense by posting up smaller guys in college and that really wasn't seen as something he would be able to do in the NBA but he's he's adapted and um, has been able to just play NBA offense for the Mavs so the defense being this good is really the most surprising team the most surprising thing about this team they're 10th in offense and 9th in defense right now if you go by the per 100 numbers Um, I think if you told me or anyone else that the Mavs would be better on defense than they are on offense. Um, at any point in this season, you'd be shocked because, I mean, last year they had the best offense in NBA history um, before the this Nets team came along, I think, and uh, that was a that was that was a shock even back then. Um, but Luca was able to create at such a high level. Um, Brunson has helped their defense a lot. Uh, they actually went to a zone last night versus the Pistons a little bit, which was interesting because it's not something outside of really the Heat and Raptors. It's not really something that you that you've seen NBA teams the do. Celtics see it like occasionally. Yeah, it's sort of these defensive-minded coaches that are pulling this stuff out. Um, and Carlisle's not really thought of someone like that, I don't think. But the fact that he's been able to get them to this level of defense with that roster, who doesn't honestly doesn't have a lot of plus defenders. Um, and I, I would say is, is, is that's a pretty impressive feat. Uh, right now, they're looking. The Mavs are looking uh, at the Clippers in the first round. Is most likely what they're going to be facing if they stay at six, because they are tied in the loss column with the Blazers. But over the course of these next few weeks, um, until the playoffs start, Portland has the sixth hardest remaining schedule in the league, and Dallas has the fifth easiest. So. Um, there's a pretty low chance that Portland's going to pass them up at this point, and Dallas is going to be able to stay out of the plan, which is a good thing because um, you never know what's going to happen. You can go up against Steph. Zion could just shoot, I don't know, 15 of 20 and scorch you for 45. Like It's a one-or-two-game it's, it's one or two game playoff. You really don't know what's going to happen. Um, and, hey, maybe they are – Maybe they are sort of feeling confident towards the Clippers. This is a team that they took to six um, without Porzingis for stretches. Luca, I think, went down in game three or four with that that ankle sprain. It looked really, really bad in the moment, but he was able to sort of shake it off. Um, that that game one was weird with Porzingis getting ejected. Um, 
So this is a team that they've had success um, against. So, uh, Drew, what do you think the matchup with the Clippers this year opposed to last year? Because it does seem like the Clippers are a better team this year overall. But Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I think after going through that whole six-game series that they got an idea of what the Clippers were trying to do. And I'm not, I'm not trying to say that the Clippers meant to do this, but try and get under Luka's and Porzingis' skin to make sure that you know, they weren't as much of a factor if they didn't get under the skin. Marcus Morris is the obvious uh, culprit when you look at that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the Clippers definitely are playing a lot better this year than last year. I do think they have a better chance to win more meaningful games in the playoffs. But I'm, I really don't want to play the Clippers in the first round. I, I'll tell you that right now. I'd rather play uh, Phoenix because they, we match up with them better. And I think that we have a better chance of knocking them off in a seven-game series. But that's not a shot at the Suns. Like, the Suns have been playing. No, no, but they do, yeah. I, I'm worried about playing Dallas, man. So, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right you know, both, you. either of those teams, they can turn it up at any time. But it's almost, to me, it's like the Mavericks don't have the urgency to try and overtake these teams and get some real seating in the playoffs. So, I mean, I just don't know right now. I'm, I'm just waiting it out and, you know, seeing what they do. That Suns matchup. Or go ahead if you're going to talk about. Yeah, this. yeah, I was going to say like that. I think we talked about it a little bit in the last podcast too. That like I think that Dallas is probably the one team in that little range that I don't want to play because um, I feel good about matching up with Portland. Um, you know, and even like Memphis, Golden State, I'm a little bit less worried about. But the Mavericks, for whatever reason, they give us a lot of trouble. Um, Mikhail like matches up well with Doncic, but like, I mean, we saw what Doncic did in the playoffs last year against guys that are probably better defenders than Mikhail. So I'm not super confident about that. Um, and, and then I think, I, I don't know. I mean, Porzingis and Aiden, I think become huge, huge factors, um, in that series. Um, if Porzingis sort of kind of wilts away, uh, kind of shies away from from taking some of those. You know, I, I think he's going to get mismatches pretty easily. We switch a lot. Um, so if he's not confident taking those mismatches inside, I think, uh, you know, I, I worry about Dallas that way, especially if Aiton's playing as well as he has in this last maybe about a month-long stretch. Uh, but at the same time, you know, like it, Luca becomes such a huge problem for us in the way that, we play pick and rolls and the way that Aiden plays pick and rolls. Like I, I think Luca's sort of the guy that can take advantage of Aiden a little bit more than um, maybe like a, I don't know. I feel like Jamal Murray and like some of the quicker guards, even like Mitchell sometimes more struggles against Aiden because they try and beat him with speed. Um, whereas like Doncic kind of works, you know, he works you down. Um, and I think that actually works out better. Weirdly yeah, enough, you would think the faster like- guys. Yeah, Mitchell's kind of like a brute force. He's 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 not really yeah. like so the timing is sort of like all or nothing, and he's sort of attacking the basket full speed. Well, while Lucas is more in that like Harden type uh, mindset yeah. where he he's he's looking at what you're doing and playing off of that, um, not always going 100 miles per hour. But for if you're Dallas, who's guarding Booker? Because I think they put Richardson on Chris Paul and Finney Smith on Booker. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Which I, I, mean, I, I, I think know. that's like a wash, though. Like, either way, like, I think Booker's, if he's missing, he's missing. If he's making, he's making. Like, I, I don't think right. they're going to, yeah, I don't think the defender is going to matter too much. The, the Aiden Porzingis part is probably the most interesting thing. Um, yeah, 
uh, it's huge. Uh, like that would decide that series, I would think. Yeah. Well, you would think that Dallas is going to stay at six, but it's possible that the Suns could slide to three um, if they drop a couple more games. But every game that they've played against these, this tough stretch of their schedule, they seem to win. So um, that, that's kind of, they, they keep winning these close games against these top-tier teams. So um, they're, they're distancing themselves a little bit in the Pacific division because it's down to them and the Clippers for that. So, um, okay. Um, anything else on Dallas? One more thing, two more things. One, two little right. things. So, this, like the shooting, Brunson and Hardaway have been the two guys at the beginning of the season. I was like, all right, I want to see what we can get from them. And at the beginning of the season, after, you know, the COVID thing, they came back and they were both playing out of their minds. Like, I'm talking like Tim for a 10 game stretch was averaging 20 points on 50, 40, 85. Brunson was averaging 18. And, and then it just seemed to all just fall apart, except for Brunson last night. But, you know, it is the Pistons, so I can't put too much into that. But uh, <clears throat> I tweeted out last night to Aro that uh, me and my roommate started playing a game in the second half. Every Tim Hardaway missed three, uh, we'd have to take a shot. And if my parents are listening, it's a shot of lemonade. Uh, but, you know, it's just, it's just kind of hard because shooting is what got this team there in the first place. And then it's just turning around. And then the second thing was Rick Carlisle. Like everyone, you know, you can't go on Mavs Twitter and talk about Rick Carlisle because everybody is either, it's either one side or the other. They're not like, oh, well, let me see. It's either get him out of here or it's like, he's a serious to winning coach. Like you got to keep him. But one thing that I haven't been too, uh, too fond of is his rotations with Luca. So Luca plays about the first five, six minutes, and then he takes him out for four minutes in the first quarter and then puts him back in with about a minute 30 to go. It's, it's that kind of rotation. And I always thought that, you know, your star player should play most of the first quarter, rest at the end of it in the beginning of the second, and put him back in at the uh, end of the first half. And it always seems like every time he takes Luca out, they just start to slip and they can't figure out why. And it's like, well, you know why? Like your best player is not in the game when uh, Booker's in the game or Chris Paul's in the game with five minutes to go in the first quarter. So, I mean – and then they got J.J. Redick to fix the shooting problem, and they just haven't been playing him, even though he's shooting, you know, 55% from three. So it just that's, – that's basically where I don't know if I've yet. seen Doncic and Redick play together. I don't know if I've just missed it. But it feels yeah, like they're always point. playing, like, when – really Like, Redick else. comes on, like, with, like, all the all-bench unit. <laughs> yeah, and I guess, I guess they feel – or he feels like he can get his shots from other guys, but it would definitely uh, – from – from the looks of it, it would definitely benefit the team if they played together. Yeah, I mean, they're def- I think I think if you're the Mavs, your defense is – even if your defense slips to, like, 15th and your offense goes up to, like, 4th, I, I think that's a trade you would take. Um, if you're just trying to, to out-offense these other teams, because that, that's usually what works in the NBA. We've seen it. Um, so – yeah, I, th- I think that's that's definitely a strategy they could try. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have any I don't have any other thoughts really. Um, but this is a, this is a team that's that they've they've sort of fought their way out of the play-in um, a little bit, which is good. But um, the Clippers are scary, and um, the, I mean the West is scary. But this is a team that that they're still they're still on the way up for sure, long term. So. 
Um, moving on to the Grizzlies, who the Mavs beat in dramatic fashion, I think like a week and a half ago, maybe, um, with the Luka runner not looking at the basket <laughs> shot um, at the end there. Um, yeah, the Grizzlies have been coming on lately. They just got Jaron Jackson Jr. back, um, who was out for over a over a year, over a calendar year, I think, with um, a leg injury or something. But um, they lost to a shell of a Clippers team last night, but otherwise they've been looking pretty good lately. Um, them, similar to the Mavs, they've had a lot of COVID problems early in the season, had a lot of guys out, uh, key pieces. Jaw has been really the only guy who's been there the entire time. And... He's been good, not great. The improvement is like not on obviously not on the Zion level, not on um, Randall level. Guys like that who have improved tons this year. Um, I think I think the one thing that he's gotten better at um, was especially lately is his, his three pointer. Just the the form has looked better, and he's taking more of them. Um, that, that's something that we really saw him do in the play in game last year versus the Blazers. He was taking a lot of threes and hit. Hit a bunch of them. It's probably probably the best game of his career, um, honestly, considering everything. Um, the playing game. What? The, the playing game. You're saying? Yeah, the playing game. Yeah. 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 He was he was game. He was locked in for that one, I think. Um, and Balanchunas for them is one of the most underrated players in the league. Probably he's good for like so he's like 15, good. Oh my god. Yeah, fifteen and twelve every night. Really, um, sort of a forgotten guy ever since he lost, ever since he left Toronto. But he's been great for them. Um, Kyle Anderson has been really improved this year. I think he's doubled his scoring from like five points to twelve, so more than doubled. But um, and Dylan Brooks has been someone um, really streaky shooter, like really streaky. But um, in the bubble, he got hot a couple times. He's improved his defense a lot this year, and. Then DeAnthony Melton off the bench is basically, if you look at these advanced numbers for him, he's like a statistical anomaly almost. He's he's like way above average in every advanced stat and can do a little bit of everything for this team. Um, I saw a long Reddit post about this um, a, a week or so back, um, and it was just like all all this data about how how undervalued he is. And this is not a household name, I would guess, like probably – 25% of the people listening to this would know who that is, but he's he's been great for them off the bench. But the problem with the Grizzlies is a little bit like the Mavs problem, where they have all these guys, but there's only two or two of them that are really consistent. Um, and the Mavs have been, I mean, the Grizzlies have been playing like 11 guys a night, and what you really want to get to is seven or eight guys who have a short, so you have a short rotation, but you know they can all play. That's a challenge for these young teams. Um, the Pelicans have the same problem. It's it's just figuring out who of your assets is going to be able to contribute at a high level consistently. Um, this this is a team. It's a lot like the Mavs, where they're going to go as far as Ja or Luca takes them. Um, but Ja is going to have to take a significant leap, I think, next year for them to be able to even win a first round series in the West because the West is just that tough. If they were in the East, they'd probably be like a five seed. Um, so yeah, the, it, it's going to take a lot for them. To, I mean, this is a team we're talking about that's over 500. Like we're kind of being down on them, but they're over 500 right now. I think. Yeah. They're still, they're still, yeah. that's how it is in the West. I mean, they're over 500 and I think they're the eighth seed right now. So, and they're, they're like three or four games over. So, um, 
they they fly under the radar constantly. They did last year. Last year they were projected to be the worst team in the league, and they ended up being like probably like a Dame three and a, maybe two Dame threes away from being in the playoffs. So, um, yeah, this is this is they have a lot of pieces of good coaching. The guys that they draft are usually the people who have like really good advanced numbers and who uh, the, these these draft now analysts on Twitter. Are usually targeting so they're really smart front office um but but yeah they're 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 on the come up as well um probably gonna you know be in the play-in maybe play steph in the play-in which is a scary place to be but um cons- all things considered i think you can mark this off as a pretty successful season especially not having their second best player for every single game except for last night so yeah um i mean like I- i've really enjoyed watching the Grizzlies team, to be honest with you, because um, it's sort of, uh, like, it is inconsistent. That That is by far their biggest problem. I think Valanciunas has been probably easily their more, most consistent player uh, throughout, which doesn't really, like, it helps in the sense that you have, like, a consistent 15, 16 yeah. points a night, but he's not going to give you 30, 35. And even Ja, um, even Ja isn't consistent, really. Like, that's right. the and, and like Josh shooting numbers this year don't look great. Um, you want him to really ideally be in that 23, 24 points a game range uh, at this point in his career. I think that's just where sort of the trajectory I think was looking to go to, and it just never really materialized. Um, and so at 19 a game, you know, it's sort of maybe underperforming. I think losing JJJ like does hurt a lot, um, you know, in terms of Jaws development as well. Um, those two just work really well together. They got a little good little two-man game going uh, last year, at least when he, uh, you know, JJJ was playing. So, you know, it'll be exciting to see how that kind of affects Jaw uh, and the rest of the team with, with him coming back. Um, I think it, it will make them, it, it probably won't move them up in the seedings this year, but I think that makes them a dangerous threat out of that eight seed if they can grab it, maybe a seven seed as a playing team. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, they, they just have a lot of guys on this team that can either shoot or kind of create for themselves almost like Dylan Brooks is a guy that can create for himself, crazy and consistent, very, very streaky, but he can do it. Um, you know, and then even if you look at guys like Grayson Allen and Kyle Anderson, like Grayson Allen's worked himself into the rotation and has been solid on both ends. Good shooter. Same thing with Kyle Anderson. Um, so th- they have a lot of talent on this team uh, that, that makes them deep. It's just a matter of, like you said, getting that, that top-end talent that is out there putting in 23, 24 you know, points a night. Um, otherwise, it's just tough to go far in this, in this West because, I mean, you saw them, especially with like the losses, the last two losses they've had, they should have beaten Denver in that Denver game. Uh, Denver, I think, was down nine at one point with maybe about two minutes, 2.30 left. Um, and Denver ended up winning that game. They definitely should have won last night against the Clippers team without Kawhi and uh, Paul George. So, Kawhi, PG, uh, Reggie, and Rondo, I think. Yeah, yeah. So, so and, I mean, that was a broken, broken Clippers team that, that won. And they had them down by double digits in the first half, too. So, you know, it, it's, it's games like that that you need to put away these teams, right, when you have them down. Yeah, I might be alone on this, guys, but I think you can win with two or three really consistent 
you know, your top, like Valanciunas and Morant and maybe Jaron Jackson, depending on what he does. And if your role players are super consistent, but, you know, it's all about consistency. Like, you know, Valanciunas is going to give you 17 and 12 a night. You know, job more or less is going to get you 18 and seven a night. And like Grayson Allen, like you said, I mean, great shooter, but eight points and then 30 points and then 10 and then five, 14, 23, 11, 26, 24 and six. I mean, you know, if they can get more consistent, I want to see where they go. But that's that, that's just a big issue, you know. I think I think yeah, your your point about the like having just mostly your top guy, top guys being consistent is the key. But the the level that they're producing at isn't high enough, I don't think. To, right. To but but with JJJ back, I don't know. Maybe it might be because yeah, I mean, if right. you can that's get like sixty sixty five I'll... points out of those three. Yeah, I yeah. Want, that's why I said I want to see. I want to see what happens. You know. Yeah. You need Jaw to. To score a little more, you need JJJ to get back to his old self. Maybe even maybe even better. And then Valanciunas is just do what he does, and I think his numbers yeah. will go up as <laughs> those other two guys get better. So, um, all right, now we got to we have to talk about Steph because what yeah. I mean, other than he had an off game last night, but um, what he's been doing in these past ten days probably has been. Historic. Um, this is a team. They're one game below 500 right now. They, they've been much better when they don't play Ubre. This is something that I mentioned last week. Um, <laughs> at the end, at the very tail end, I just think I like said it. But if you look at the numbers, um, the on-off splits, they're a lot better. I don't have them in front of me, but without Ubre and uh, Steph, I'm just going to read off a bunch of stats. Uh, he's made 48 threes in the last six games. He's averaging basically 40 points in his last 12, and he's made 10 plus threes six times this season alone. Um, no other player has, has done it more than five times in their career. Um, Steph has done it 21 times in his career. Um, if, if you look at this season versus his 2016 season, he's actually averaging more points um, with a lot less space to work with. Um, his PER as a result of the spacing issues is really the one thing that you could, that holds him back from, from saying that this is a better season than his 2016 season, because his PR is about five points lower than it was in 2016. But that's because of the efficiency that he's not having with having clay and, you know, Draymond to 2016 was like a 40% three, three point shooter. Now teams are leaving him open. Like they do Ben Simmons. So now he's like, they give him the ball and he'll like hand it off to Steph coming back around or something. So, um, the warriors are plus 15.6 per points per possession with Steph on the floor this year. Um, and when he sits, they are the worst offense in the league by a lot they are a top 10 worst offense in the history of the NBA when he sits um, with, with him on the floor, they're top 10 offense. So a huge difference. Um, he's still got the handles. He's still got insane. I think something that's underrated about him is the, the first step um, where he's just the quick first step where not even, not any, not even if he's already dribbling, but he's got a really quick first step where he, he can just blow by you. Um, so he's still got both of those things and he's 33 He's facing a lot of double teams. The floor is not balanced at all in a lot of these games. Um, and, yeah, they have some role guys, but really Wiggins has been their second-best player. I don't even think you can say it's Draymond anymore. Um, and Oubre has been yeah. super disappointing. Um, he, he had a good game last night, but 
most of the time, the like I said, the on-off splits are just bad. And the question has to be asked, um, is Steph the most exciting player to watch in the NBA? Um, is he the most exciting player to watch ever? I don't know about because ever, but right now, there's yeah. Nothing quite, sure. I mean, I, there's nothing quite like it. Like, it's really... Dude, it's like the, the Celtics game in particular with just the oh ESPN all the fanfare of it was ridiculous. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I just seen that. I've seen that this question <laughs> pop up recently. So yeah, right now he is. He has to be because I mean, like st- the shots he makes, there's nobody else doing that, right? And like the way he's like half the time he's like off balance, kind of floating into the side forward, like something. He's got a hand in his face. Like it's it doesn't make sense. You know, like it's it honestly like again like it, it's the closest thing I think we have to like a video game player, just like on TV. It's it doesn't make sense. Yeah, he's definitely the most exciting player I've ever watched. I mean, I I guess I can safely say that with these last you know eleven, twelve, thirteen games, it's just he shoots shots that no one else has shot before. He makes shots that no one else has shot before. Um, I guess really the only kind of stretch you can compare it to is when Harden was by himself with the Rockets. But even then, like, Harden wasn't making 10 threes a game consistently. And it was different with Harden. It was different watching yeah, it, it's, too. It's, yeah, it's definitely different. But, like, Steph, I, I've always loved people who could shoot from, you know, range. And he's definitely, definitely my favorite player to watch right now in the league. Harden also had spacing that whole time. Like, the, the team yeah. was built around, the, like, the other guys spacing for him and Steph does not have that at all. So, um, yeah, I, I've been the, the, this, this apex that he's hitting is, is pretty, is pretty similar to what he, to what we were seeing in 2016, as far as the shot making and, um, his defense is underrated still. Um, he, he, the Dame comparisons just need to end because he's literally better at everything than Dame. Um, so, Oh yeah. I mean that was that was a debate this year. It was. It's terrible. Yeah, I mean, Chris, we're, we're talking uh, about two-time man. MVP, one-time unanimous MVP. Like there's, yeah. there's no debate. Yeah. And he, and he's the, making the, he, what he's doing this year is more difficult than what he did that year, right? So like. Uh, oh no yeah, I think yeah, yeah. The numbers, the shooting numbers are not as good. That's I think that's a result of the spacing and the roster construction oh, yeah. and all that stuff. So I, I yeah I don't think you can really compare the two, um, and yeah I think it, I think it's more impressive than 2016 season, but um, yeah because we've never seen it before. The, win, the wins is the thing like you can't like yeah you you can't be below 500 and expect to win an MVP um, which sort of we talked about last week a, a little bit I think but um, Jokic just pretty much locked it up according to the vast majority of people so. Steph is sort of making this super, super late run here. But it's not going to work unless they're, they slide up to probably at least the seventh seed at the minimum. And right now they're, they're ninth. So um, I don't think if you're in the play-in tournament, I, it would feel weird for me to put you as MVP. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, Port- Portland's dropping really fast. So who knows? Maybe they take six, but I don't see that either because uh, they're, they're just so far behind at this point. So – um. Yeah, the step for MVP stuff—it's fun, but pump the brakes because 
I think the, it, hopefully this run isn't nearly over because he did have an off game last night, and it seems like these things happen and very consecutively. So um, hopefully he, hopefully Friday versus Denver he goes off again. But who knows? Um, it, it's if, really if hard. If he goes off against Denver and beats them, that will get the Steph for MVP campaign going. Yeah. Yes, Friday <laughs> Friday night ESPN. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's do next real quick. To wrap it up, they have won eight games in a row now. Um, longest winning streak since at least their 2014 season uh, or 2013. Whatever season they were like 54 and 28. Um, yeah, I think that was 2013. Randall is probably your most improved player this year. Um, unless you want to say Zion, I would probably give it to Randall though, just because Zion just won rookie of the year. So, um, and yeah, Thibodeau, coach of the year potentially. Um, I think it's either him or Monty Williams, right? Uh, Quinn yeah, Snyder might get a shout. Yeah. With yeah. Utah? I go Thibodeau yeah. and Snyder, too. Yeah. I think I mean, uh, those three, though. Yeah. RJ, RJ Barrett's turning into a real guy now, um, which is not a real basketball player. Yeah, which is not, <laughs> which, like, would not be the case last year if you were looking at his production. Um, Rose has been a lot better um, coming off the bench and just playing over Alfred Payton a lot, which has helped them. They lost they lost their 7-4 center, uh, Mitchell Robinson, for the year, I think. But uh, Nerlens Noel has done a great job um, in his minutes. They've still got Alex Burks. Alex Burke. Or is it Burks? Burks. Yeah. Burks. Shooting. That's Burks. Yeah. Yeah, Burks. Shooting uh, for shooting. Um Really tough team, tough defensive identity. They they've been a lot of close games. Um, it seems like, and they they've they've they won, won a lot of close games. They're they're a great yeah. first half team, also, um, which is like I've taken advantage of betting wise a little bit. But um, and then quickly, their rookie with his his push shot floater, and he's has been been a good shooter too. Has been um, a real help with them. So, yes, yeah, exciting team. Uh, they're probably going to play. Either Atlanta or Boston, the first round, it looks like. So, yeah, I think, I think if, they play, if they're playing Atlanta, I'm definitely taking the Knicks um, just because I think they're going to find a way to swallow up Trey Young and MSG. Yeah. 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 The defense is just too good. And, and like, I, I can't say enough about Thibodeau and like what he's done with those guys, too. Um, like, defensively, they're so good. Yeah. Randall, the yeah, shooting played. is like, yeah. It's ridiculous too. He'll he'll make eight threes <laughs> in a game. It's like, what, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, thanks for uh, reminding me about that. Uh, yeah, but they <laughs> they play scrappy and they're they're one of those teams that they have those role players that you know what you're going to get from them. Like Reggie Bullock, I think his last what is it ten games he's gotten all he scored all in the teams on good shooting too. He's almost shooting forty one percent from three. And you know, like you said, they play great defense. Nerlens Noel actually decided to. Uh, you know, become Play a defense. force, a force on a second unit. You know, and he's Randall, a shot Randall, blocker, man. Oh my god! Yes, he really is. I, I got to give that to him. He really is. But you know, like Randall, most improved for sure. Um, and I also think it's funny how, you know, those those jokes about when the Knicks first hired Thibodeau actually came true about Randall playing seventy five minutes a night. <laughs> he's averaging what thirty seven and a half minutes a night. So yeah. We'll see what happens. I think he's got the most minutes played in the NBA right now, like total minutes. Yeah. Yeah. They need it. I mean, they need every second of it. 
his shooting has been ridiculous this year. Um, and he, he's someone on the Pelicans. He sort of he sort of showed flashes of this, but um, the Knicks are kind of this have become this island of misfit toys um, with some of these guys that, but all of them are playing better than they did in their previous stops. So like Alex Burke, Noel um, have 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 both been guys who've gotten traded tons. Rose. Reggie Bullock was a dude who was just getting signed for the minimum, I think. Um, yeah. He, now he he basically, I think he starts for them now, um, because because of Burke, yeah. Burke's being out, I think he's I yeah, think he's he the starter to do. So, um, yeah, and now that they have fans back at MSG, it becomes a little interesting in these playoff games because um, it's still loud in there. Like watching the Pelicans game, it was it was a pretty good atmosphere, um, and Zion loved it, which was not fun for me, but, um, you see how so loud he's Oh my God. Like <laughs> oh, oh. I watched that and I was reminded of like the draft night lottery footage where like we got the first pick and he was like, Fuck. Yeah. like, yeah. So, um, that was another thing, but that, that, that's like four years away. I hope. <laughs> The better make so, the playoffs. Hey, hey, if, if Zion stays on his current improvement linear track, we're, he's going to be the best player in NBA history in two years. So, I mean, um, yeah, but anyway, that, that game was a mess with Bledsoe. Oh, my God. I've seen enough. And and also, like, him, is, there, is there any other coach in the NBA who would play Steven Adams, like, at this point in the season, like, as much as we're playing him? Like, I just don't know. I, I don't, I don't get so. that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, dude. It doesn't make sense. He's not, he's not terrible, to be fair. But, like, he's, he's just, like, he just, like, plot. It's just not, like, it just doesn't, <laughs> it never made sense. But it, it, for, yeah. for the roster, I liked I liked getting uh, James Johnson from Dallas, though. I like that trade. Yeah. I think that was beneficial for both teams because Redick wasn't really helping us. Um, yeah. Anyway. Rant over, but I, I think, uh, yeah, I think I think the Knicks uh, are sort of turning themselves into a free agent destination here, which is ultimately the most important thing because for the past every year since I don't know, Mellow left thousand that hasn't really yeah. been the case, <laughs> unless you're Mellow yeah. or Amari, who yeah, wow, a fire fire extinguisher like a year later, whatever it was, um, yeah. Yeah, they're sort of turning into this destination, and they're—they're. They're, I don't think Randall's on like some ridiculous contract either. Like, I—I I feel like they're gonna have a lot of cap room, especially once they shed that that Taj Gibson debacle. And uh, he was playing some minutes the other day. The other yeah, day. hold on, hold on. I have a question too. Is there any other coach that would be playing Taj Gibson in 2021 as much as the Knicks <laughs> are playing him? That's true, but I think I think <laughs> the way he loves his old Bulls boys. Yeah, <laughs> I love them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At least he's not like starting. Like, yeah. Oh god. I, I think he's getting very little minutes. What he's like? He has to be like thirty-seven, right? Oh yeah. Has yeah. to. Something like that. Thirty-five, actually. Wow. Okay. Well, his prime was like eight time. years ago, probably. So. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> if you can call it like a prime, yeah. <laughs> Nah, he's good with the Bulls. I don't know. Um, he's getting 20 minutes a game, so that's... 
Oh, Jesus. Okay, that is way more than I thought. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was going to guess like eight. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe> yeah. <ten? laughs> yeah, I thought he was going to be in like the Grant Williams Celtics role. But um, yeah. Uh, okay. I think that's all. That's all I got on the Knicks, I think. Look out for him, though. That is, that is yeah, but betting betting on that series. I feel like the lot like the they're not going to be favored, and probably if they play the Celtics, so you could jump on that. No, yeah, yeah, that'll be fun. Um, all right, yeah, I think that wraps it up today. Um, we hit hit three of the teams sort of in and out the play in for the West. So, um, I think I think at some point we need to talk about the Celtics if they continue to win, but um. Maybe Celtics, not. Spurs are kind of interesting now that they're following. And your Pelicans are, are coming back. So. I don't think they're coming back. I think they're. You don't dead. think so? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, otherwise, I've been talking about today a lot, but I just think they're like, <laughs> I don't know. Like they don't, they don't win like the games. Like they, they lose against bad teams. Like still, so it's like yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but we are we are about a month out from the playoffs right now, so. Um, I think every team's got like 18 to 20 games left probably. So um, maybe a little less, probably a little less, but um, yeah, uh, we're, we're almost there. So keep on trudging. Um, we got, we got a good game on tonight with the Sixers and Bucks. If everybody on the Sixers plays, we don't know that yet, but um, good games over the weekend too. So enjoy those.